And what I want to do this morning in the short time that I've got with you is to try to put those four stories together and give some things for you to think about. Appreciate what Peter said this morning out of Psalm 1. This word meditate. And as a school principal, I can't help but think about how can I give you some homework? And I've got some homework for you. I'd like to wrap up the homework in MBE. And those of my vintage would understand MBE used to be an honour that was given on Australians and others of the Commonwealth to be a member of the British Empire. Well, what on earth was that? Most probably young people down the front have no idea what that is. But that was an honour to be given some MBE. So I've got some MBE and I'll explain that to you a bit later on that I want everybody to be thinking about their homework for this week, MBE. To help you process what I'm going to be talking about today, I've got some handouts. So I've come prepared. What I need is my four helpful, helpful uh, readers to come and hand these out. I've run off about uh, 100 here, so I'm hoping that would be enough for people. So if you'd like to find an efficient way to hand those things out, that would be great. Now, I don't know whether you brought a pen to church today or note paper or whatever. Well, I've provided the note paper. What I'm hoping you can do is either write or use your iPhone or whatever to make some notes. Or if you've got a brilliant memory, take these things down and fill out the paperwork later on. Ah, if you had some pens and people could uh, grab those, that'd be great. Are they our boomerang pens, aren't they, Peter? They do come back. So up on the top of the page as you've received it, maybe you can write on three separate lines so you've got the M, the B and the E up there near the, near the project and I'll give you what the MBE is later on. That'll be part of what I'd like you to consider doing over the next week. And if you'd like to look after this piece of paper nicely, I'm hoping that it'll actually end up on your fridge for a week, maybe a bit longer. Anyway, we'll see how we go. For most of us, the stories that have been read this morning of Jesus stilling the storm, of the demoniac legion being delivered, of Jairus and his daughter and the woman with the issue of blood, for most of us, they're not new stories. Our challenge is when we come to the scriptures, and especially when they're read or someone stands up to talk, is we can almost get into a very Western approach to listening to preaching. 
by saying, well, I've heard this story before. There's not much that needs to be added to my understanding. In other words, we can know the facts, but God wants us to go far further than just understanding the facts. And I've got here, sort of above the, uh, the Lord over statement on your sheet, I've tried to help you see that as we look at Scripture, yes, we should be aware of the facts, but that's the starting point. What God wants us to do is go from where we understand the facts to where we start seeing a little bit of a lesson in what's been talked about. To be able to go from the lesson to understand that there's some truth for us to embrace from the truth to then meditate on it where God starts speaking to us and we get some revelation out of what the story is. From there, we take that moment that Peter was talking about this morning of looking at a tree and having some awe and some wonder about it and then to ultimately end up in the place where out of our understanding of what we've read, out of the truth that we've seen, out of the things that have been revealed to us, we stand in glory. The stories that have heard, we've read this morning are not new to us. But there's things that God has said in those stories that he wants you to embrace, I believe, in a new way, in a greater way. Whether you're the oldest person here or the youngest person here, there's things that God wants to reveal to you out of his great depth of riches and understanding. So maybe this is the hundredth time you've heard this story talked about. May God fill you with awe and wonder about the story, about the truth that's here in God's word. Amen? So let's go digging. Let's go finding. Let's go exploring. And I can have it, but I want to try to do my best this morning to encourage you to go looking and finding. And I would suggest to you, as you go on that journey, you'll find things that I won't talk about today. You might find something that the person next to you does not see. And part of what I'm hoping to do today is to create some energy and excitement amongst you and your family or those that you were going to deal with out of the project this week that says, hey, I've seen this in the scripture. Did you see it? I saw some awe and wonder. Did you capture that? Because when you stop and look at each one of these stories, they are utterly amazing. Where's the awe and where's the wonder as you've heard God's word read this morning? And I want to do something today to try to help you. So what I've given you in true, true typical teacher fashion is something to fill in. Four stories, four boxes, numbered one, two, three, and four. All right, so in box number one is going to go the heading out of the first story. The first story that was read to us by Abraham was the story about Jesus and the storm. So that's the title I'd like you to put in there. The storm. In story number two, it was the story of the demoniac, but the word I'd like you to put in there is the enemy, the work of Satan, the work of darkness. Next to number three, it's the story of Jesus having power over sickness, the woman with the bleeding. And the fourth one is the story, well, the fourth point is the one over death. Jairus' daughter, she dies, 
Now, if you look carefully at what I've got here as sort of headings over the box and under the box, is as we read these stories out of Luke chapter 8, the part that we are challenged out of these four different episodes is the fact that Jesus is Lord over every one of these circumstances. He is Lord over the storm. Not only is he Lord in the storm in the sense that he goes through it, but what we see out of this is his amazing power in the storm. The amazing power that he has over the legion of demons. Where Christ now, in number three, heals what someone else could never do. She'd gone to every doctor, tried every medication, tried every remedy. Nothing worked except Christ alone. And then you come to the ultimate, which is Jairus' daughter, and she is dead, but he brings her back to life. Jesus is Lord over everything. Now, if I asked you the statement this morning, is Jesus Lord? Many of us would be able to quickly answer, yes, that's true, and maybe even quote a good scripture where it comes from. Well, I've got a good scripture here for you, and I've bolded the statement for you. Philippians 2, verse 9 and 11, at the top of the page, it says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm sure somewhere if you've been a student in this school, that's been a memory verse for you. If it hasn't been a memory verse for you, make it a memory verse. Get to the point where you're engaging with scripture to the point where you can recite it. But anyway, what am I trying to drive at in all of this? These statements are true. What we've read out of Luke, of Jesus interacting in these four different spheres in a short period of time, maybe even the same day, are true. But sometimes when we move it into our storm into our sickness, into the things that are troubling us in some sort of oppression or even our fear of death, we start to find that there is no victory in that. That instead of being like Christ in the situation, we're very much like the disciples were, who even though Jesus was in the boat, they feared to the point where they thought that their last day had come and their own demise was imminent. And Jesus said this very interesting thing to the disciples. It wasn't there, there, I'm really sorry that you're upset. I know those waves are big. I know there's a big storm. Isn't it terrible? There was none of that dialogue between Jesus and the disciples. Jesus did this amazing thing to stand up and say, peace, be still to the storm. And the winds and the waves obeyed him. And the disciples go, bong, what was that? And Jesus just didn't say, well, wasn't that terrific, guys? Don't you appreciate the power that I've got? No, he comes back and says, where is your faith? In the storms of life that we go through, I think Christ asked us the same question. Where is your faith? And what I wanted to do today, as illustrated by these two boxes that are in the middle of the four boxes, with these two strong words in there of trust and faith. 
My hope today is to get you to go on a journey where in each of these four areas, your trust in God and your knowledge of God grows to the point where the faith that you have starts matching what you know about God. Let's imagine now that this building started to rock because there was some strong wind or something happening. It would be a pretty scary experience, wouldn't it? Something that we're not used to at all. Or some other area that you might think of in your personal life at the moment where things are not going as well as they could and there's a bit of fear that stepped into your life. The question is, I understand that Jesus is Lord over everything. I understand that he's in control. I know that God is all-powerful. But when it comes to my circumstances, I'm not so sure. Since what I believe is not necessarily what I'm doing. And what I'm hoping to do today is start you on a journey to encourage your faith by building your trust. And I want to help you today to understand how do you build your trust in God so that the moment that you need to have faith, that the faith that's needed for the circumstances that God's put you in out of his sovereignty, you can actually see him come and deliver. Amen? So, trust. On the outside of these boxes, over, you've got the one, two, three, four, then I've got some boxes next to those. My hope is that you would go on a journey of starting to fill those boxes in with true statements, with the truth that comes out of Scripture that encourages us that Jesus is Lord over the storm. So let me give you one Scripture. And then I'm hoping that you're going to say, well, I've got lots more. If you're saying, uh, Richard, can you please give me more? Most probably shows you that you need to do a bit more study to be able to lift the number of times that you can answer the question over whether he's in, con in control over this circumstance or that circumstance. See if you can go with me. In that first box next to number one, would you write down Hebrews 1, 2 to 3? It should not surprise us that Jesus can calm a storm. No one else can. But why should it not surprise us that Jesus can still a storm? Well, listen to this. Hebrews 1, you've done this uh, passage here. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. All the molecular structure that goes into water, all the understanding of storms and everything else. Who understands all that stuff? Jesus does. How does Jesus understand it? Because he made it. It should not surprise us that Jesus has the power to change a storm. Because when you stop and think about it, he is God. He is the creator. He was there when all these things were put together. He reflects the glory of God and bears the very stamp of his nature, upholding the universe by the word of his power. It's not Newton's law. It's not Newton's laws that are keeping the place together. Newton's laws are being operated by Jesus every moment of the day. The day that Jesus decides that he won't have Newton's laws applying, it's all over Red Rover. Those laws are out the window. 
Who's holding the whole place together right now? Jesus. He's on the throne. He is the Lord. And he is the one that can change the circumstances of any storm. Is that your confidence today? Is that something that you are giving mental assent to? Or have you moved down the line where this is now revelation to you that when you are faced with a storm, that you can move from what you know to what you are now going to put into operation, which is where faith starts working. I don't think the disciples would have failed the, the, uh, the question in their Bible school to say, did God make the world? Is God in charge of the world? They would have ticked it, yes, yes. But now they're facing a storm. And what they think they know, they don't really know. They're not putting that into operation. Well, let's go next to the number two, the enemy. What's a scripture for us? What's a truth that tells us that Christ is over the enemy and has defeated him? Would you like to put in that box, Colossians 2.15? I'm hoping you're leaving enough room in the box for you to put some more scriptures in as you get to know them. But I want to give one for each of these boxes, but they're not the only scripture. Colossians 2.15 says, He disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in the cross. There's the facts, folks. There's the truth. Jesus has defeated every demonic power and force that ever existed. So we need not have a fear over that oppression that might come. For some of us, we will get buffeted by Satan. It's obvious from reading the New Testament that there is spiritual warfare. But we know where the victory is and we know when we face those situations of who is over it all. Sickness. Would you put in that third box? Psalm 103 verse 3. What's really interesting in Psalm 103 verse 3, the psalmist puts two things together in the one verse or in the one sort of thought that he forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. I'm sure if I asked you this morning, is there any sin that Jesus won't forgive or has not dealt with on the cross, you'd say, there isn't. Leaving out the, uh, the challenge over the unforgivable sin. But in terms of him dying, he's died for all sin. Now when it comes over to where is his power in relation to sickness... We sometimes lower it a little bit when we shouldn't. Jesus has power over every sickness. That raises some challenges over why are some people not healed. But that doesn't diminish the fact that he has power over every sickness. And he can heal any disease. Next to the death, put uh, John 11.25. I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me shall not perish. Jesus is Lord over everything. 
what we need to do is go on a journey of developing our trust in these areas so that when we face the challenge we've got faith that enables us to stand true and believe what we're trusting in so as you're facing circumstances in life where, where are you in trust well it's actually days like today and days like tomorrow and days like yesterday that you are slowly building 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 your trust in God it's almost like a thin wafer of trust comes down every time you start building your trust in God every time you are Look at a situation and you're trusting what you believe of the character of God, the power of God, the plan of God, the love of God. Every time that gets consolidated in your life, it's like a layer comes down. A thin wafer layer comes down and you start building something that you can now stand on. You ignore that. When the moment of crisis comes, you won't have a trust. Because it's what you trust is what you're going to stand on in that moment of challenge. So my encouragement to you today is to go on the journey to make sure that you are developing your trust in the truth of God. How do you get that? Well, I think the clues have already been given out today, if you were listening carefully. It's how you're growing in the word, how you're trusting in God. God didn't need to give us such a big book. Your Bible's most probably like my Bible, over 1,200 pages long. You sometimes wonder, God, why did you give us such a big book? Couldn't you just made it a little easier for us to read? God just wanted to show us time and time and time again of his love, of his kindness, of his powerfulness. And as you read this, as you look at different people and the circumstances and challenges that they faced in life, you say, wow, look how God came through for them. And that gives you another trust level and over time as you start laying those things down your trust level will grow and grow and then when you come into facing a storm you'll be able to trust God because of what you've put in your life so be familiar with the scriptures be familiar with the miracles that God's done be confident in God's power and his character so faith is the action we take on what we know and what we trust big challenges in a storm because storms don't necessarily just disappear like that you've got to endure you've got to stand and this is where God in his wisdom has allowed us to go through a period of time of testing and trial because that's what consolidates the trust and faith in our life. So, what I'd like to do is encourage you to, having filled in the four boxes there and put one verse in there, I'm hoping you can find together husband and wife, mum and dad, kids. Find some more scriptures that you can put in here that starts building your trust in these areas. That he is sovereign over nature. That he is sovereign 
over sickness, that he is sovereign over the, demand, the, the domain, dominion of darkness. Find those things. Find the scriptures, stand upon it, find some examples. So what I was hoping to do is as you put this thing on your fridge this week, is down the bottom here is like a little um, boxes with days, with the four stories that we've done. And what I'm hoping you will do is you will meditate this week and you'll find the Lord encouraging you and exciting you and revealing things to you out of the four stories that we've looked at. Now, in one sense, I haven't expounded in on any of those stories. I'd love you to do that. I'd love you to meditate on it. And what I was going to encourage you to do is, as you've done that, maybe on Monday you're going to look at Jesus and Jairus' daughter. Well, just put a tick in the box on Monday that that's what I looked at. And I thought about it. And I'm looking forward to talking to someone about it because I've thought about it, I've read about it, and I've got something exciting to talk about. Because out of reading it, I've started to realize something powerful out of the story. The word's becoming alive to me. And I'm hoping that there's a buzz around the project because God's been speaking to us and revealing things to us about how he's Lord over sickness, how he's Lord in the storm. And then what I'm also hoping is that people that are in a storm will find enough truth that they can stand and they'll exercise faith. But maybe they need the faith being exercised to someone else. And maybe you could say, hey, is someone in a storm? I'd love to pray for you. Is someone facing some sickness? I'd love to pray for you because I know what the truth is. I know who's Lord over this situation and I'd love to stand with you. That's what I'd like to feel happens as a result of this. So in terms of the MBE, you wrote down M and the B and the E. Well, the M is going to stand for meditate. You just put meditate. Meditate on the word. Well, here's a passage for you to meditate on this week. Luke 8. Second thing, the B stands for build your trust. Wherever your trust is in God, there's more layers that can go on top of that. It can be a stronger foundation than what you have at the moment. If you've been walking with God for 10 years, that's fantastic. What we want to see now is the next years being added in the depth of trust that you've got in God that enables you to stand in the face of circumstances in other people's lives and pray for them. Because at the end of the day, as I've said, this is about giving glory to God, not about us seeing things happen for our sake, but seeing things happen for the glory of God. And maybe there's a few storms that God would love to send your way so that he can be glorified. And we find that really hard to, to swallow. God, how can you make my life uncomfortable? Isn't it supposed to be that you've got to make my life comfortable so I feel good? No. My life is available to you, God, for you to be glorified as you see fit. And I'll be faithful and true to what you are in the light of any storm. See, the disciples didn't have to go into the storm. They wouldn't have chosen to go into the storm, I'm sure. Who chose for them to go into the storm? Jesus says, we're going across the other side, fellas. 
They got in the boat. Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus was so confident in his heavenly father that he went to sleep. Isn't that amazing? And was still asleep in the storm. Think about that. All right, the E. So meditate is the M. The B is build your trust. The E is exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. Out of what you have understood as truth, it's there now for you to stand upon that. However many layers of this thin uh, trust, layers of, that you put down, haven't expressed that well, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Stand on that and start believing God. We need to exercise our faith. So there's your homework. MBE. We'll all be members of the British Empire because we are putting into operation what God has given to us. Anyway, I hope that's made some sense. There's a few other scriptures down there that you can look at. Philippians 4 verse 8 encourages us on the things that are pure and holy and all those things to meditate, to think over these things. Let's not be in such a rush in God's word that we're not meditating, not thinking about it. I look forward to hearing about how God's spoken to you this week out of his word and how you want to share that and how you want to put your faith into operation. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning that you saw fit to record these events so that we in the 21st century might know what it is to trust you, know what it is to exercise faith in the challenges of our world and the challenges of our lifestyle and the challenges of our culture. We want to be people that meditate. We want to be people that build our trust in you. We want to be people that can exercise faith to see you glorified. Thank you for these marvellous stories. We thank you for such a marvellous saviour. Jesus, you're wonderful. Jesus, you are over all. Jesus, you are Lord, you are our Lord. And we marvel at that and thank you for it. Amen.